Welcome to the NCTM podcast, uh, the sixth of the NCTM podcast, and we're talking to you at the beginning of May 2018, and we've come to a secondary school in Woking, uh, just outside the M25, and this is the secondary school where the Surrey Plus Maths Hub is based. And we've come here because we're going to try to find out a little bit more about what's going on in the field of mastery. We often use the phrase teaching for mastery in secondary schools uh, around the country. Because why secondary schools? Why are we talking about secondary schools today? Well, it's because the NCTM and Maths Hubs collectively and jointly have been doing a lot in the field of mastery in primary schools for the past three or four years now. And this has attracted quite a lot of national attention. And thousands of schools, thousands of primary schools uh, are now involved in this and have had a taste of it and are trying it out themselves. Secondary schools, we started a bit later and the pace has been a bit slower, but things are now ramping up a bit. So I've got two people here who know a lot about this uh, with me here. Uh, they both work at this school, but they wear different hats. So firstly, Francis Carr is the Maths Hub lead for the Surrey Plus Maths Hub, which is centred in this school here, but it certainly reaches a lot, lot further than the working area. Uh, and she also wears a national hat. She's part of a small team with the NCTM participation and a few other Maths Hub leads who are sort of leading on secondary mastery in the country. Also here is another teacher, math teacher in this school, Simon Petrie, who's been involved much more personally. So we'll talk to Simon uh, a little bit later. But firstly, Francis, a bit of history with how the NCTM and Maths Hubs, how they started with... Uh, introducing mastery to secondary schools. When did it all start and how did it start? I think it really began with the work in the primary schools. There was a lot of work um, teaching for mastery really took off in primary schools and certainly as a Maths Hub lead, conversation amongst other leads across the country, we were aware that um, this work wasn't continuing into the secondary phase and it's something that we felt was really important having spent so much time working with primary teachers to develop their teaching and learning and their pedagogy, it was then being wasted in a way by the time the students came to secondary school. So it was really important to put a programme in place to allow some continuity. So I think that was the very first stages of the conversation. And then obviously I've been really fortunate to be part of a team of Maths Hub leads and some of the NCTM colleagues um, working to develop a programme for secondary teachers so that we could you know, continue that work. So a couple of years ago, if I'm right, mm. every maths hub around the country, there are 35 of them, recruited about four secondary teachers to start being developed as secondary master specialists. Yeah, so almost, um, well, summer two years ago, we recruited them. They had one entire year of training, and then they're in their second year at the moment. Um, and then we're going at running TRGs, I should say, with some local secondary schools, um, and they'll continue to work with more secondary schools next year. Okay, TRGs, that stands for Teacher Research Groups, which yeah. is the phrase we use when a teacher works with other schools in the area. That phrase is used across across everything that Maths Hubs do uh, these days. But things are ramping up, so we've, we've spoken about the first cohort, mm -hmm. so that's 150 secondary teachers, 140 around the country. Um, but you've just recruited uh, another cohort, yeah. haven't you? Cohort um, two, just been recruited about three or four per hub. Um, and their training, the programme that they're on, will start um, shortly, uh, and they will have a sort of eight mo 18 months sorry, of, of national residentials before they then start to work um, with other schools. 
and then uh, cohort three also. Yeah, just released the dates now to um, maths hubs will be recruiting probably another three or four per maths hub of cohort three specialists with a view for those to start in September. Okay, we'll come back to that. At the end of this podcast, we'll give you, the listener, details of, of all these opportunities if you're interested. But Simon, uh, Petri, oh, yeah. um, you're one of the first secondary teachers in the country to, to do this. You've been doing it two years now. Um, what, what's been the broad objective? We'll get into the detail, the real detail later, but the broad objective of what you and the other 140 or so colleagues around the country have been trying to do or trying to find out for these last couple of years? I'd say from the start, there was kind of a, um, a bit of a, a two, two-edged sort of approach to it. Um, the first one for me would be to understand the big ideas that underpin teaching for mastery, um, the five big ideas that we often talk about, um, and, and to really get into understanding what they were. Uh, and also the benefits they could have on our classes, you know, how does it apply to the context in which we find ourselves in our schools? Um, I'd say the second one is also, um, and I think this was kind of more nuanced, but it's certainly discussions that took place between the specialists was, what are the quick wins that you can get into a secondary school in order to, you know, really start to see, you know, the, the, the pros for taking this approach on and to encourage other people to see um, the advantages of it as well, whilst you're trying to get your head around those much bigger ideas that were, that were there to be developed. Francis, how would you describe the sort of broad objectives of what this whole yeah. project is trying to do? I think, certainly from the team perspective, we tried to make it clear at the start that this was a real collaborative effort. It wasn't some training that the specialists were going to come on, find all the answers and go back as experts, but, you know, over the course of the next few years that we would help to really define what teaching for mastery looks like at secondary to, to draw the comparisons um, from primary but to see you know there are subtle differences um, what does it look like in the classroom and as Simon said what what sort of steps can we be doing within departments both short term and longer term to improve the quality of teaching so both of you go on Simon I was just saying I think that's kind of come across and I think it's really important that we sort of emphasize this hasn't been something which has been given to us to do. Um, it's been being developed all the time and, and with every meeting, with every new school you take on, with every new person you speak to, I feel like there's a slight tweak in terms of, you know, where, how do we see this really having the best advantages within our environments in our schools? Um, so it just hasn't just been handed over. It is a very much a collaborative effort in developing it. Is there a sort of a sentence or two that can sum up You've used the word this approach. You know what are the what are the quick wins, uh, not the detail. Uh, is it all about trying to tailor teaching and, and departmental collaboration so that in the end, the children just learn a bit more deeply and retain knowledge? Is that fair, or is there another way you would articulate it? I would say we're trying to give the students a flexibility with their knowledge as well, rather than just a rigidity with it, whereby they see a question and they know what the question asks. And I often refer to it um, as a toolbox in the sense of, we don't want kids just you know, seeing a question and going, I know what that question needs me to do, therefore I answer it. But then a question that doesn't look like that, the wheels fall off. You want them to see a question and think, I've got a toolbox, what do I need from my toolbox to answer that question? It's that flexibility um, to be able to approach things from different angles that we're really trying to achieve. So basically, you, you're developing mathematicians, not just people who are process-driven. Mm. I think in that way it links nicely to the national curriculum, you know, flexibly, accurately, efficiently. Um, 
we want students to be fluent, we want them to have a really deep understanding that they can then uh, reason and apply to problem solving. So for me, it, it fits really nicely with the way that the curriculum is moving. So let's just uh, find out what you have done as a mastery specialist and what the, the cohorts that are currently being recruited now will go through. Um, you, you, you went away on two or three residentials to, to meet with other uh, teachers in your position, did you? Yeah, so we had a, a couple of residentials, uh, a few residentials over the, over the course of the first year, so three residentials, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, and in those three residentials, it was really about us getting around, our head around some of the big concepts. And we mentioned those those five big ideas of, I've got to get them right now, uh, <laughs> mathematical discussion, the representations, the coherence, the variation, and the fluency. Um, and, you know, those are kind of the five key concepts that underpin it. But how are we using those? You know, what sort of um, resources, what sort of uh, activities, uh, and what sort of features would we see in a lesson that would really promote those five ideas and developing our understanding of that? Um, and taking it away and giving it a go, mm-hmm. um, sharing the feedback with each other, the successes and, and the failures. I mean, it's, it's just interesting to find out what people say, well, I did try that, but actually it, it didn't work. Um, How have you been sharing? Because the 140 of you yeah. spread all over the country. So it's been a mixture. We've used, obviously, there's the forums on the NCTM website that we've been using. Um, just, just getting together and discussing. Uh, I mean, we live in a world where it's so easy to set up a WhatsApp group with five of you on there. And have you tried this? Have you done this? And gradually you end up finding that a lot of people are trying similar things. Um, and you're sort of talking about very similar things. Or, oh, that's really nice, but I just did this. You think, oh, okay, I'll take that back. Um, and that whole sort of back to that collaboration. And I tried this. Oh, I tried this. And how can I improve? Um, I think with the, the developments across the maths hubs of secondary teaching for mastery leads means that the, the networks are becoming more established within maths hubs themselves. So it, it's becoming more easier for the secondary specialists within Surrey Plus, for example, to get together and work together and share ideas. Um, and then spreading a little bit regionally. We've you know linked up with Sussex a couple of times, and I think you know that's continuing, isn't it, developing yeah. as, as we go. Okay, just a, a message uh, about the noises. You might be able to hear in the background. We're in a school today, which is fair enough. So there's a, a chair squeaking upstairs. There's some kids. It's lunchtime. There's some kids making a bit of noise out there, enjoying themselves at lunchtime. They're allowed to do that. There's some children outside the door here, eager to get into the next lesson, whenever it is. So if you can hear stuff behind us, that's because we're in a school. Um, let's just unpick what you said about... And this, this... People listening to us, you at home listening to us, might not know everything about how a maths hub is organised, the various people wearing yeah. different hats. You're the maths hub lead for Surrey yeah. Plus. You mentioned somebody called Teaching for Mastery Lead Secondary. Yeah. Teaching for Mastery Lead Primary yeah. also exists. Yeah. Now, what are these people doing and what are their sort of roles? Why are they there and how might they help the bigger picture? So within our sort of hub community, we have a Teaching for Mastery Lead for both primary and secondary and they sort of coordinate the work of the specialists within our hub region um, and they do a lot of work. The primary lead has done a lot of work during the Shanghai Exchange in terms of hosting and organising that um, and when it comes to recruitment of new specialists um, they are both really involved in trying to <laughs> recruit <laughs> and interview. Don't worry about the chairs. Um, for, for that so I think for me that they, they do a lot of the coordination getting the specialists together both um, primary and secondary and across both 
um, and looking at a plan for how they can work with schools, what sorts of activities will they run, will they hold these teacher research um, group meetings, where and what will the focus be? It's worth pointing out, isn't it, that the people who have Maths Hub roles uh, they're not full time, any of them. <laughs> no, like yourself, you're, you work in a school. You, 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 you're in classrooms teaching maths, both of you, uh, which is partly the strength of the Maths Hubs program. Yeah, most absolutely. of the people who have influence and are involved in the Maths Hubs program spend most of their time in schools uh, teaching children. So you, you've obviously got some time to be Maths Hub lead. The two people you've been describing have got some time to do this teaching for mastery lead role, but most people spend the majority of their time still with uh, children. I'm going to come back to something you said, Simon, yeah. about quick wins. Yeah. So I'm imagining myself listening to this podcast, working in a secondary school and thinking, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe I'd like to find out about this and, and try things. Obviously, the phrase quick win is a bit dangerous because yeah. nothing is quick, uh, no, no, no. As, as, as you've just described. Yeah, yeah. But nevertheless, let's stick with that phrase. What are the sort of things that you might try in a small way to just to start getting a feel for what this mastery uh, thing is about in a secondary school? I think there's just certain things that you can put into a lesson and you can start do. I think when we say quick wins, it's the fact that you can start doing them immediately. Um, so I think things like the mathematical discussion and the way that students articulate their reasoning, the way they articulate even their answers, um, not allowing them to get away with, you know, you wouldn't in an English lesson let them do a one-word answer, so don't let them do just a numerical answer. Um, you know, doing a lesson on prime numbers and letting them give the answer 23 instead of 23 as a prime number because it has only got two factors, one in itself, is a better way of them articulating, retaining, and doing all those sorts of things. And that's something I think we could all go away and start stressing very, very early on and seeing the benefits of... Um, and you get to the stage where the kids love picking you up when you talk about a top of a fraction, they go, don't you mean numerator, sir? Because you've picked it up on them so many times that their mathematical language is being developed really, really well. And I'd say that's probably one of the first things that we noticed. Um, and that's not because teaching was necessarily bad. It was just because the emphasis hadn't been placed on it or shone on that, that facet for a little while. Um, so it's picking up things like that where you can walk into a classroom and visually see that difference and get the buy-in from other teachers mm -hmm. and then say, right, let's look, at the, let's look at the bigger things now. Let's look at, you know, what is variation, which you can't just walk into a classroom and start implementing in within five seconds. Let's, uh, that word variation, you hear it a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it, it's not immediately easy to understand yeah. what teachers mean when they... Yeah when they talk about introducing variation to lessons, yeah. because obviously we all, we all are familiar with the word variety, yeah. but it's, it's not the same as variety, is it's it? It's not, no. So what do we mean? Can, can you give us a flavour, Francis? In terms of, of what we've been looking at here on variation, we have been looking more carefully at the choice of questions we're giving students and going for quality over quantity. Um, looking at making sure we provide students with the opportunity to practise what we term to be standard questions, your typical questions, changing very subtly different parts of the questions to draw students' attentions to key points, making sure that we throw in some non-standard so that you know once they've established and they've seen the structures behind the maths and they've figured out what's going on, we then try and confuse them a little bit. Um, I think we've tried to put in some um, what it's not as well as what it is 
and that was something that was missing a little bit from our lessons, I think. Yeah. Um, and really drawing attention to misconceptions, uh, making them a focal point of the lesson, making them a talking point, um, not just happening by accident, but planned for. Um, and I think we've tried to build in more of the problem solving and reasoning where students have opportunity to practice a particular skill in a slightly different context. So quite a lot that we've been, we've been trying to get in. I think the, the, the first part, you know, those really careful structured questions can be quite tricky. And when you start to spend some time thinking about the structures of the maths behind it, you know, it can be incredibly time consuming. So I would, I would definitely say that's a long-term aspiration on our part. But I think more and more lessons are starting to have that what it's not and the non-standard questions in them compared to anything we've ever done in the past. Yeah, I'd say we've got to a point now where someone will take a worksheet off the internet and they're kind of in a middle ground. Whereas before, a lot of worksheets were just taken and, and given. Um, people are now looking at them with quite analytical eyes and saying, no, I, I know they're not, they're not progressed well enough, the questions. But then mm. we now need to get to the stage where we have uh, a bank stroke, a, a discussion that's, that's deep enough so that those worksheets can be developed into meaningful activities for the students and so that every question has got mm. meaning. Not so it's just a blind repetition yeah. of the same thing over and over again. I, I think along those lines as well, we've moved away from having sort of bronze, silver, gold worksheets where children opt in. Because I think if you've spent time designing questions to be done in a certain order, you want all of the children to do them in the order in which they're written. So um, though I would say differentiation definitely does still happen, it, it does look different and we, and we don't have maybe so much choice in what the students are doing. Any other uh, sort of themes that you think are, are part of the, the, the teaching from mastery jigsaw? We've, we've, what about that word fluency? Um, what, what, what most pe a lot of people would say, well, firstly, what, 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 what does fluency mean in, in this context? What are we talking about? I think it's the ability for the students to take those skills and apply them with a kind of natural tendency for, for them to be able to use the, the basic skills and the algorithms that they're learning in, in a way that they're comfortable with so that it's not lots of layers of learning, um, but also in a way where they're, they're flexible. I think fluency needs that flexibility in it, which can't just be, I can just do this one way. It's talking about you know, other ways of doing things as well and deciding what's efficient is as part of a bit of fluency as it's not just can I do, can I do, can I do, it's how else can I do this and what's the benefits of doing it this way versus the benefits of doing it a different way. So um, I think it's very easy um, to mistake fluency for can you do this skill but I think there's more to it, I think it's a wider discussion and how do we use the skill, why do we use this skill. I'd agree. I just thought one of the other things yeah. that I, I think is crucial is the small steps learning mm -hmm. and I think um, for us here as a department that's been a big change and we've moved away from two week blocks, you know, seven lessons on fractions to really thinking about how can we break the learning down into really small steps um, and actually that takes a little bit longer so we've had to, you know, Simon's led the department brilliantly in, in sort of reorganising the schemes of work to, to give ourselves that time and stripping out some of the content um, so that we can really go in depth 
and I think that's been a, a you know a big success of the department. I think it's been a really big success, but I think when you talk to other departments, it's almost also one of the biggest challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, the minute you start talking about time in a secondary school, <laughs> or probably in any educational context, in terms of spending more time on something and yeah. looking deeper. They say, what about the rest of the stuff yeah. I've got <laughs> yeah. to do? People yeah. look at you and go, time, time, time. There is no time. Um, and I think it's it requires... Um, a little bit of bravery to say well, actually we've got to step away from old models and look at how we can facilitate this um, and in all honesty I think the only way we're going to get to the best solutions to that is by a number of people trying certain models and the discussions that mm. take place to what's worked best yeah and it's right to say isn't it that of the 140 mastery specialists at different schools all over the country lots of different ways of yeah. for want of a better description fiddling around with the timetable are yeah. being tried aren't they yeah. and nctm and maths hubs generally are not saying you've got to do it like this no. they're saying have have a try have an experiment see what works best in your own school mm. well i think that's one of the key things from you know when you know whenever you look at the other uh, areas of the world whether it's the trips they're taking to shanghai or whether it's looking at the singapore methods and all the rest of it there are certainly so many things we can take from that but it's also what works in our context. It can't just be taking something and put it in there. You've got to put things in your context yeah. and try them out. And until you try them out, you don't yeah. know. I mean, I think that the Shanghai Exchange have been incredibly successful and they've been really interesting experiences. But I would say that I definitely feel that they have been a two-way collaboration and we have certainly learned a lot from them. But I know the Shanghai teachers, when they came here, they, they learned a lot from us. And, and um, our assessment for learning in class was on a totally different scale to anything that they had ever done and they were taking mini whiteboards back with them mm. so um, yeah as Simon said you know getting what we can from it and, and making it work in our context but not just trying to pick up pick up ideas that they do and, and drop it into our yeah. classrooms without considering what we already do um, or how we can make it work. Yeah and it's recognising that isn't it that there's, there's already quite a, there's a lot of outstanding practice that happens in schools and I think uh, one of the things that sometimes people see as a barrier is that they see teaching for mastery as a whole different thing. So throw out everything we used to do, bring in something new. And it's not that. It's about taking many of the outstanding elements that we already have and just putting a focus maybe slightly different, enhancing it in certain ways. Um, it's not completely different. And there's many aspects that people already do day in, day out. So it is something we can all achieve. Nevertheless, would it be fair to say that both of you who were already experienced math teachers before this word mastery popped up over the horizon, both of you have significantly changed your attitude to the way your subject is taught or, or not? I don't want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> yes, I would say so. I wouldn't necessarily say I've changed my attitude. I would say I've changed the approach. I think I've always had that desire to think, do we, yeah. develop, do we develop mathematicians well enough or do we develop people who are for want of a better way of putting it, exam question spotting process driven. Um, but it's, have we ever stopped long enough or been shown something that could really make us go, and that's how we're gonna take the step to achieve it. And I think actually, if you spoke to a lot of people and said to them, for example, the lovely Hannah's Sweets question that came up a couple of years ago in GCSE that threw everyone, if you could say to them, would you like to teach your students so that they're flexible enough to be able to use that, those, those aspects they've got to answer that question, they'd all say yes. Mm-hmm. If you ask them, do you know how you're going to achieve that in the time that you've got? That's where I think things have kind of been a bit of a disparity between the two. 
how have you managed um, to create the time with, within the department? So just mm. the school now, because teachers need... You, you used the phrase, I think, a moment ago, stand back, think about what you're doing. That's the one thing that teachers... <laughs> is the real scarce resource, the time to stand back and think about, the time to talk with another teacher, maybe go to another school, watch another yeah. lesson. H have you managed to create that uh, somehow so that this atmosphere of reflection can exist? Yeah. I think we've been incredibly fortunate to have the, the support of a, of a leadership team um, in helping to build... In this school? In this school, yeah, mm -hmm. build time into the timetable and then Simon, you know, having fortnightly teaching and learning meetings where we can all get together and collaborate because I think that's you know there's real value in, in that working together collaborating yeah I, I don't think it's been a it's been a long journey I mean we probably started it a little bit obviously lucky enough to have Francis with us so the, the conversations have probably started a little bit before I, I started on the program um, and I think that you can't come in and say right this year we're doing no. teaching for mastery yeah. and it took probably a whole year's worth of starting conversations, talking to people, trying to get people on board, trying to model what we thought it might look like, mm -hmm. and giving people the chance, and also giving people the chance to be negative about it. Um, you can't just have everyone going, oh, this sounds great, this sounds great, this sounds great. You need those people that actually go, I'm not so convinced about this part, um, because that's the only way we've got to a stage where I've actually stopped and gone, actually maybe that isn't the most appropriate thing for us to be doing. Um, and the team have been great, uh, and the conversations that have been had, even though they've been in small chunks, you know, you get around the table and you say, right, we've only got half an hour now, but in this half an hour, you know, we're going to have a good and meaningful discussion about this. And gradually, the discussions about what to do have changed to the discussions about how to do it and what we're developing in order to support it. And it's just been a gradual transition, yeah. but patience has got to be the key to all of this. Yeah. I think it's, it is worth saying, so you're in the second year of, of the programme and, and we have formally um, restructured our year seven and our year eight scheme of work. And there are elements of teaching for mastery that are coming into other lessons, but we know we're still only two, two years. Yeah. Um, two year groups yeah. two year groups in so it is a long process it is going to take a lot of time to roll out across all five um, but I would say the nicest thing is is when you, you see teachers who, who necessarily needed a bit more convincing which I think is absolutely fine who all of a sudden are sort of saying to you oh I just, I just did a year 10 lesson but I'm a bit worried I'm going to need a few more lessons because all of a sudden they've started realising that the depth to which we do teach certain things has not mm. has been a bit more shallow, for want of a better word, a yeah. way of putting it. And all of a sudden, they're teaching other year groups and going, "I don't feel quite as comfortable about this because I know I can achieve a greater depth of understanding." And I think once you get that, that that's superb. You're talking about right, how do we do this now, as opposed to, "Can I convince you this is the right thing to do?" Mm. Let's move on to what you, as a, a a mastery specialist are going to be doing next school year starting in September 2018 you're going to be in a sort of formal funded way working with another couple of schools yeah. and the recruitment process finding those schools is going to start in the middle of May sometime but you've already sort of less formally been doing a bit of outreach stuff with other schools yeah. haven't you how's that gone and what sort of schools have been coming and trying to find a little bit more about it so we've had we've probably had anywhere between um, probably about five to ten schools, maybe a couple more in some instances when we've run things. 
Um, and you've run things here and people have come in yeah and I've also we've also worked with some of the other mastery specialist leads in the Surrey Plus there's there's four of us so we've hosted different events which we've all tried to get to so that we can all support each other which has been great because the team has got a lot closer and it's it's a really good team to work with but I think what we found is that you know there is a lot of people out there there's a lot of uh, uh, energy and enthusiasm for it and I think this year has been a really good year for seeing who out there are the individuals that are enthusiastic about it who want to get involved and for them to start feeling the challenges of going back to their department and sort of trying to make the changes Um, and you'll get some people that come along who are very much um, individually making leaps of progress in terms of looking at this but finding certain obstacles back uh, at their own schools whereas other people are coming along, feeling great about it, going back and, and managing to already make changes in their schools. So I guess it's kind of been a feel for them and a feel for us. Um, and I very much hope that when we formally work that we see those schools still involved and also other schools that have kind of been pulled in um, so that we can start looking at it at a more formal level because it's not only that we want to sort of sit there and, and um, develop in other schools, uh, but also we've got so much to learn from other people's ideas and the more people sat around a table having those conversations, the better developed those, those conversations are. Um, and it's just fantastic when you can get 15 to 20 different teachers just talking about it, saying, well, I think this is great and I think this is great. So let's suppose somebody listening to this conversation right now from a secondary school who hasn't been involved in maths hub work at all yet and thinking, yeah, I'd quite like to get involved in one of those little work groups working with a mastery specialist like yourself, what would you say to that? What, what might that teacher as an individual get out of the year working with you? What might their department get out of it? it I don't want them to be scared. They haven't got to do everything immediately. <laughs> no, not at all. I think the first thing is, to, is for them, is for them to get an understanding of what we mean by this whole term teaching for mastery. And I think, as you said there, just remove the fear almost to say, actually, teaching for mastery is this. Now, these are all the things you're already doing in your school. But I think from our point of view, it's also understanding different contexts that people come from. Um, there is no way that I could have three different people coming to me and already know exactly what I need to do with them. Because a huge part of what I believe my role is to understand the context that they're in and to see how this fits into their lessons. Um, you might have someone who's working on a very much a spiral curriculum, whereas someone else might have already tried transitioning to a mastery, sort of a curriculum that facilitates teaching for mastery, and therefore my approach is going to be quite different. But what I want them to get out of it was an understanding, something they can go away and try. And then whilst they're doing that, so whilst their understanding is developed, when they get that feeling happy, they're passing their understanding onto their department. And then once they've tried a few things that work, well, they're passing that on to them. So that it's not feeling like I'm trying this and I'm talking to my department at exactly the same time, which can sometimes be, well, I don't feel quite in control of that. Giving a bit of time and then when that happiness is reached, then start sharing it. Anything you would say? Because you, and your, Francis, in your capacity as Maths Hub lead, yeah. you're going to be have to try to, there are four mastery specialists, so yeah. Simon plus another three, and for each of those, correct me if I'm wrong, you've got to try to find a couple of schools yes. to work with. So, so the plan is that each specialist would work with uh, one or two schools next year, working particularly with some teachers who are really enthusiastic, I think we're calling them mastery advocates, um, who will sort of lead department practice. Um, 
So yeah, we're just looking for anyone who is uh, motivated, enthusiastic, um, has some capacity, is in a department that are willing um, to and open to making changes, but don't necessarily have to have done anything yet. Okay. And at the same time, you're looking for, I think, uh, from the well, right now, I think, another uh, few mastery specialists to go on the journey that Simon's been on for the past two yes. years. Yeah, so last Tuesday, um, uh, we opened up uh, applications for a, a cohort three, a third cohort, um, and every hub will be looking for three to four new specialists to join the team. Okay, so that last Tuesday, that was towards the end of April, and <coughs> listening to us now. <coughs> so if, if you're listening to this and you think, I'd like to be a mastery specialist, or I'd like to have a bash at what Simon has just described, just to find out what this is about a little bit, contact your local Maths Hub to find out whether either of those two opportunities are still available, because they, they probably will be. Um, but... Uh, coming back to the Maths Hub, Surrey Plus Maths Hub and every other Maths Hub in the country, is not just doing mastery stuff. There's going to be, there, are, there will be opportunities for secondary schools in other sorts of areas of maths teaching yeah. next year. Absolutely. We're going to um, have some other secondary work groups, some other sort of projects that are ongoing. Um, we've had some this year looking at challenging topics at GCSE and mathematical thinking. And um, in most hubs, I think those will continue. I know that some maths hubs are, are, are looking at year five to eight um, progression, and I, th I think that, you know, if you're interested in that, then definitely contact your yep. maths hubs and yep. see what's happening there. Yep. So Great. lots of secondary projects. There are, and uh, also, also primary. And so the maths hub programme now it started in 2014, summer 2018 now. It looks like it's going to be going for several more years. So please, if your school or you individually haven't yet got involved, Talk to your local maths hub. There will be something somewhere of interest to you. Have I missed anything out yet? Because there's a, uh, we're in a school. It's gone quiet in the playground and in the corridor. But somewhere there's a language lesson going on. Yeah. Or somebody's well, talking. Well, listening in the background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna we're gonna bring this to an end pretty soon. Anything anything burning that you, you feel you haven't mentioned? I think it's something we spoke about beforehand, where um, we say that a lot of people just level the fact that it is just good teaching. Um, yeah. But I would say that much like outstanding schools only remain outstanding schools by constantly looking at their practice and developing it, um, we'll only remain outstanding practitioners if we keep looking at those opportunities and areas that we can, even if it's just a change of emphasis. Um, and in some people that might require more change than others, but we've always got to be looking at it and saying, right, what can I do to give the students, because it's all about them at the end of the day, give them the best experience they can to become the best mathematicians they possibly can. Oh, and I would just say I think it's a really exciting time in maths education and there's a lot happening at primary and over the next few years we'll see more and more students arriving in year seven with a different skill set um, and actually you know it's up to us to really capitalise on that and make the most of it and continue their, their learning journey. Great, thank you very much. Thank you Francis, thank you Simon. Thank you, thank thank you, you. for listening and uh, if you'd like to hear more NCTM podcasts you can follow the hashtag the maths uh, podcast or go to the NCTM website or wherever you get your normal podcast, we'll pop up there and you can um, subscribe and get every podcast that we do. We try to do a couple every half term. So if you look at the ones that are there on the website, there will be something I'm sure that interests you. But for now, from St John the Baptist School in Woking in Surrey, thank you very much and uh, goodbye. <laughs>